With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Chapter 35 of Banner Tale. The Story of a Gray Squirrel by Ernest Thompson Seton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 35. The Property Law Among Animals that was the year of the wonderful nut crop. It is commonly so. The year of famine is followed by one of plenty. Red oaks and white were laden, as well as the sweet shag hickories, and the Bannertail family in their grove watched with a sort of owner pride the thick green hanging clusters of their favorite food. Like small boys too eager to await the baking of their cake, nibbling at the unsatisfactory half-done dough, they cut and opened many a growing nut. Its kernel, very small as yet, was good, but the rind, oozing its green-brown juices, stained their jaws and faces, yes, their arms and breasts, till it was hard to recognize each other in these dark-brown masks. For the disfigurement they cared nothing, only when the thick sap, half-drying, gummed his silvery plume, did Bannertail abandon other pursuits to lick and clear and thoroughly comb that priceless tail. And what he did, the others, by force of his energetic example, were soon compelled to do. The hunting moon, September, came. The nuts were fully grown, but very green. Who owns the nuts? is an old question in the woods. Usually they are owned by the one who can possess them effectively, although there are some restraining, unwritten laws. Squirrels have three well-marked ideas of property. First, of the nesting place which they have possessed, and the nest which they have built. Second, the food which they have found or stored. Third, the range which is their homeland the boundaries of which are not well defined, but most jealously held against those of their own kind. The homeland is also held against all who eat their foods so that it is part of the food property sense. All three were strong in Bannertail, and his growing pride in the coming nut yield was much like that of a farmer, who, by the luck of good weather, is blessed with a bumper crop of corn. It seemed as though word of the coming feast had spread to other and far-off places, for many other nut-eaters kept drifting that way, turning up in the hickory woods that the gray coats thought their own. The blue jay and the red-headed woodpecker came, 
They pecked long and hard at the soggy husks to get at the soft, sweet, milk-white meat. They did little damage, for their beaks were not strong enough to twist off the nuts and carry them away. But the gray coats felt that these were poachers and drove them off. Of course it was easy for the birds to keep out of reach, but they hovered about, stealing. Yes, that was what the squirrels thought about it, stealing the hickory harvest when they could. Then came other poachers, the red squirrel with his mate, cheeky, brazen-fronted, aggressive as usual. They would come quietly when the gray coats were asleep or elsewhere and proceed to cut the nut bunches. Many times the only notice of their presence was the sudden thump-thump of the nut bunch striking the ground after the red one had cut it loose. His intention had been to go down quietly after it, split the husks, and carry off the luscious half-ripe nuts to his storehouse. But the racket called the gray coat's attention. Bannertail and Brownhead would rush forth like settlers to fight off an Indian raid, or like householders to save their stuff from burglars. There was little actual fighting to do with the red ones, for they had learned to fear and fly from the gray coats, but they did not fly far. Their safest refuge was a hole underground, where gray coats could not or would not follow, and after waiting for quiet, the red robber would come out again, and sometimes, at least, get away with a load of the prized nuts. New enemies approached one day, nothing less than other gray coats, some squirrels of their own kind, traveling from some other land, traveling maybe like Joseph and his brethren, away from a place of famine, till now they found in Egypt a land of plenty. Against them Bannertail went vigorously to war. It is well known that the lawful owner fights more valiantly, with more heart, with indomitable courage indeed, while the invader is in doubt. He lacks the backing of a righteous cause. He half expects to be put to flight, even as he goes forth to battle. And the Bannertails were able to make good their claims to the Hickory Grove. Yet it kept them ever alert, ever watchful, ever ready to fight. Partly because the nuts were already good food, and partly because it kept others from stealing them, the gray coats cut some of the crop in September. End of chapter 35